straight from the cockpit, it's another episode of Lunatic Fringe with the fucking pilot. Ready, set, go. All right, this is the fucking pilot in the can once again for another edition of Lunatic Fringe and via the magic of the internet, I've got another victim to have a little bit of fun with. So tell me, who the fuck are you and what do you do? Uh, Jim Dolan, and I've uh, been a tandem master for I don't know how long, 20 plus years, and a uh, demo jumper as well. So uh, a professional meat hauling skydiver and a uh, demo jumper. So you're you're doing all kinds of fucking fun stuff then. Oh, yeah. We haul freight and flags. Nice, nice. How'd you get started in all this? So what made you decide you wanted to jump out of an airplane? Oh, gosh. Way back in the 1990s, I think 1990. You're old. I was in college at East Stroudsburg. Yeah, shut up. Uh, and I saw this thing on the wall saying, want to jump out of an airplane. I said, hey, that's great. So I uh, went up to Hazleton, Pennsylvania, home of Don and Darlene Kellner, and uh, did my first jump, and I came down and uh, wanted to do it right away again and uh, of course nobody wants to jump with you and nobody wants to go there because it's too scary <laughs> and then about six years later I find myself in Las Vegas and uh, the only other male teacher uh, that got hired or was working with me where I got hired at the elementary school asked me by any chance do I drink beer oh, and Jesus. I, said him, I said well does a bear shit in the woods and uh Gentleman by the name of Joe Herp said, well, yes, they do. So let's go have a few beers. And we got talking and found out that he's a world-renowned rock climber. And uh, we started shooting the shit. And he said he was learning how to skydive. And I said, stop right there. When? And he goes, well, I'm going this weekend. So am I. The rest is history. Nice. So so you ended up in Vegas working as a school teacher, an elementary school teacher. Yeah. And yeah. and then decided to start jumping out of airplanes as well. So you were you were learning how to skydive in Vegas and teaching kids and and uh, hanging out with professional rock climbers. You, pr- pr- pretty much, because you never know what happens in Vegas. <laughs> you, you of all people know that. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know a little bit about that. As a school teacher, you, you, you throw out two hundred bucks a weekend jumping out of airplanes in the nineties, and uh, and the next thing you know, you figure out, well, I can't afford this. So uh, <laughs> a guy by the name of What's this guy's name? Michael Hawks? Oh, <laughs> fucking Mikey yeah, Hawks. Your buddy, your buddy Michael Hawks says, yep. uh, why don't you learn how to pack? So I learned how to pack, and next thing you know, I had like 120 jump tickets on my dresser in summer. One summer I said, well, you know what? That's it. I'm jumping. And then I saw these guys making tips from tandems, hauling these hot women and stuff, and I'm like, well, I could do that. Right. Next thing you know, that's what I was doing. And, uh, yeah, 20-some years later – Thousands of jumps later, here I am, still fucking, alive. Fucking crazy how it gets behind you, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So, yeah. so you started doing tandems, and and uh, you and I met at Skydive Las Vegas back right around that same time because I was shooting video out there. Uh, yeah. And you and I were actually fun jumpers at the drop zone at the same time. Yeah. Vegas was a weird fucking drop zone. I mean, there were there were a couple of little small operations around, but Skydive Las Vegas is the only one that had an otter and the only one that was staying really busy. And uh, yep. there wasn't much of a bonfire scene, and nobody really hung out, but we still had a shitload of fun. Oh, heck yeah. Oh, my God. I remember going there on uh, Wednesday nights. We'd get out of school at about 3 o'clock, and Joe and Robert Browning, God rest his soul, and Rick Ryan, we used to go out there and do like three or four fun jumps on a Wednesday night for 12 bucks a piece, yep. and then sit there till 10.30 drinking beer, and then decide to go back to work the next day. Yeah, it was fun. Oh, yeah, man. And the weekend. Yeah, and what what was our otter serial number? Uh, uh, serial number twenty four. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, something like that. I uh, um, did you ever jump out of North Las Vegas when it was still around? I I did not because right about ni- late nineties, North Las Vegas turned into well, that was my first boogie was the Hitman boogie. <laughs> nice. That's another story. Uh, but Canna Rosa's drop zone turned into uh, AJ Moeller's drop zone down in Gene. Outlaw skydiving. Outlaw skydiving. Fucking hell, man. Uh, uh, AJ Mulder gave me my first ever job in skydiving, shooting videos when I barely fucking knew which way the parachute was supposed to go. God rest his soul, too. Yeah, a lot of dead motherfuckers from back there, man. It sucks. Yeah, too many. Yeah, yeah. So um, the North Las Vegas thing, I only jumped there, I think, once or twice 
Um, and when I jumped there, I jumped on a borrow or a rented rig. Um, it got spotted off the landing area by miles and ended up landing in North Las Vegas in a skin tight white RW suit in a not so nice neighborhood having to, yeah, man. And you wound up in Larry's Villa. And yep, I sure as hell did. Yeah. It was, uh, it was pretty crazy. Um, men are men. So are the women. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, there was there was a whole lot of uh, uh, there was kind of a battle between North Las Vegas and and when Skydive Las Vegas, where you and I kind of grew up, started and and I only knew from the stories, but I'm sure you heard the same stories as I did about the the hit that was put out on Michael Hawks and all that craziness. Yeah, because Michael Hawks wanted to change the standard way of doing uh, student progressions and go to tandem, and uh, they didn't like that over there. And he tried to start up, well, he did. He started up his own tandem operation, which is Skydive Las Vegas, probably, what, 27, 28 years ago. Yeah. And uh, he landed his first 700 tandems or so, his first year of operation, down in that lake bed on the way to Searchlight. Yep, yep. Before, uh, yeah, before he got his staff. For as much shit as I'll talk about Michael Hawks, because I fucking hate that slimy motherfucker, he put up a <laughs> hell of a drop zone. I mean... Everybody was making money hand over fist. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's... And I'm sure you remember, you'd forget to cash your paychecks because you'd have so many tips from the Japanese tourists coming through town that you'd forget. Ebizori, ebizori, ebizori. Oshirikaru. Skarabe ikimashou. So that's the only freaking words I knew how to say in Japan. That was about it. That was about, well, and I could, I could tell your, uh, I could tell you your instructor was crazy and gay. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was it. What was it? Uh, Ibunai Gaijing and uh, um, uh, Ogama Boy. That was it. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you start chucking drugs out in well, you start packing in Vegas, and then you eventually get your tandem rating to start chucking drugs out there. Yeah. Yeah. Because of all the hot chicks. Yeah. Well, and and the tips because teachers don't make shit for money. Yeah. How funny is that and how fucked up is that, that uh, you were probably making much better money jumping on the weekends and making tips than you were as a you know, teacher that's supposed to be, you know, crafting young minds? Yeah. How about it? Uh, but that's that's America. Kind of a bite America. in the ass. Yeah. America. Right. Fucking yeah. hell. Well, so and this was you, you got your tandem rating when? Oh, my, literally my 500th jump, which is probably, I didn't have three years collectively. I did it collectively because I used my jump from 1990. (laughs) Uh, So 1996, I started jumping probably late 98, right around 98. Yeah, 97, 98. Yeah, so you and I were there. Pretty much the same time. I mean, uh, um, we were an established crew because it was you and Joe Herbst and and Robert and Simon Wade, of course, running the rigging loft, and Dale Hinton was out there and and quite the crew. Yep. Quite the crew. Well, yep. and um, we were still with uh, – um, God, who else was out there? Chris Stump was still out there. Uh, Fulkerson. Yeah. Limey. And Bruce Henderson. Bruce was uh, on his way out by then. Yeah. Bruce Henderson, oh, God, well, how about, here's another dead guy, uh, J.J., Jim Jaworski. Oh, J.J., oh, man, yeah, yeah, went dancing with a train. Yep. Motherfucker. Yeah, he decided to take a nap on uh, railroad tracks. Yeah, it didn't work out so well. Fuck yeah, me, man. Like seven, though. What do you think it is? What do you think it is about skydiving that attracts some seriously fucking bent people i mean i love jj to death he was especially at that time he was probably my closest friend in the world but he was a broken guy he drank too much the dude would get his paycheck and he would blow it in one weekend and come back the next day and try and make another paycheck it was so funny because he was he was a fucking funny guy he was a talented skydiver by the time i got to know him i know he got shit from where he came from but uh he was a great guy Oh, and he could land a tandem parachute like no other. Oh, damn right he could. Damn right he and could. And they were talking, what, the old 421s and the 360s, the old Vector 2s. They and, were, uh, and that fucking oh. 500 that we jumped, man. It was oh. a circus tent. With the 72-inch drogue. Yeah. You remember that? Oh, God, yes. Oh, my God, that equipment was horrible. 
Well, so yeah. you're doing all of that uh, and having fun, and and while while we're both you know doing our tandem thing, I started shooting video for Mary Tornamasi doing sky surfing, but you ended up doing something super fucking cool that you still do to this day, which is the demo stuff. But how'd you yeah. get started in that? And there's a lot of people I guarantee that aren't gonna know what team you're talking about. So I want <laughs> as much backstory as you can give me on who you started jumping with and how it all came about. So. I had about maybe 150 jumps or so. I don't even think I had that many, maybe 100 jumps. And I'm going back to Pennsylvania for the uh, for Christmas. And I figured I'd get my family some Skydive Las Vegas t-shirts. So I go back there, and I look, and it's right around Christmas time. And I'm looking. I go back to drop zone, and I see half my instructors are all dressed in Elvis uniforms. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? So we're jumping into the Las Vegas ball. So I <laughs> – Got my pit. I got my T-shirts. I busted back home. I went and I turned the TV on, and I see the Elvi jump into the Las Vegas Bowl. And I pointed to the TV. I said, "Now that's what I want to do." <laughs> and uh, that I think I, I know I didn't even have 200 jumps. And I I did the paperwork and everything. And I I did my first demo into the school where I teach, <clears throat> which happened to be five days after we had that fatality with. Uh, Vic Papadato, yeah, uh, which was a whole other story. Yeah, and uh, we wound up. I remember my principal saying, "Can you still do the jump?" And I'm like, "Well, I don't know." So he gave me a half a day. So I went and I did a four way after that on I think that's a Thursday, and then we wound up doing the my first demo into the uh, the school that I work. And then that summer, yeah, that was May. Then that summer, I get on the phone. I grab the phone away from Sammy Popoff of all people because he was talking to. Uh, he was talking to Melissa Feeney and I got on the phone and I said, hi, I'm Jim Dolan. You know, I, I'm getting my pro rating. Uh, I have like 200 jumps. Uh, and, uh, I want to do, I want to work for you guys. What are you doing? Do you need any help? And she goes, what are you doing July 4th? And I said, I'm wherever you guys are. And he said, well, we're going to BYU. We need ground crew. I said, go for it. I'll be there. So I showed up, did ground crew at BYU and, uh, I believe, I don't know what, we still don't get paid that much, but I remember customary, you know, your first road trip, you got to buy beer. And it was actually uh, uh, the Bulgarians' uh, first road trip too, uh, Sammy. And he and I both spent $135 each on beer. Thank God there was two of us or it would have been about a $300 bill. Right. <laughs> and uh, I did my first road trip. And that summer – Man, we did probably about 28 or so jumps that summer. I was ground crew for most of it. I remember we went to Kansas and Memphis, and because I was a teacher, I had room where I had time off where they didn't. So we'd go, Melissa and I would go on scouting trips to see the sites. We went to Cleveland. We went to Kansas. We went to Memphis. We went to Oregon. We went, God, I don't even know. There's a bunch of places, Texas. Anyway, um, we were doing a demo in Vegas down at State Line, and it was a 10 o'clock at night jump uh, for a casino opening. And Paul Moran, God rest his soul, another dead guy. Mm -hmm. uh, great four-way dude. Uh, he used to talk like this, fucking hook it hard, Paulie, from down in Paris. He built a bomb shelter. All right. And uh, Paulie was stuck in traffic. Couldn't make the jump. So... Uh, they said, hey, Dolan can do it. He's got his pro rating. So sure enough, I get up in my little laser, my little, my laser nine, which was all of about 240 square feet. We don't even know how big it was. And uh, 10 o'clock at night, I'm the last out on the second spot, second pass. And the winds were howling all day. But at 10 o'clock, it's not going to be bad. Well, yeah. Sure enough, I get out, and I'm about a half a mile north of the Desperado roller coaster. And I'm not moving at all. <laughs> and I'm supposed to land the other casino over. So I'm like, okay. So I'm sitting up there. And I'm at about 1,000 feet. And I'm saying, fuck, fuck, fuck. There's no way I'm making it over this goddamn roller coaster. <laughs> my first night jump, my first fucking Elvi demo, I'm not going to make it. So I, I sashay and I start to land by this parking lot in the back. Well, here comes this bus. And this bus is like doing these weird maneuvers in this parking lot coming right at me. I'm like, fuck, now I'm going to get killed by a fucking bus. <laughs> and then 
I can't back up anymore because it's going to be pitch black. I don't know where the hell the desert is, but I can, I can make the parking lot. So I make the parking lot, pick up my shit, start fucking swearing. And then I hear in this faint voice, Dolan, Dolan. I, I turn around. Oh, it's Rick Moffat. He's the captain. Oh, I'm fucking good. If he landed out, I'm good. So awesome. we wound up hitching a ride by some car and uh, around the other end of the casino, and we did the stage show, and that was my first Elvi gig, and I've, I've jumped on fuck, for the last 20-some years with all kinds of different stuff, but that was the good first story. So the Flying Elvi, um, for those that don't know, got started because of the movie Honeymoon in Vegas. That's right. So Andy Bergman started at Raining Elvises, and uh, they got a bunch of local jumpers, uh, and that's what happened. They uh, wound up jumping into the old valleys for that movie. Ray Cunningham was the cameraman on that too. Another Las Vegas Hall of Famer legend. How funny is it that that whole thing got started from the movie and now has become a staple of so many things? I mean, you've been jumping this shit for a very, very long time, dressed in a full Elvis suit and the plastic wig and the glasses yep. and the whole night. In fact, I even yep. get a slight claim to fame when it comes to your team because you and I did a TV show together. Uh, and you might not even remember it. You remember when I had to do that uh, um, that uh, TLC um Reality oh, TV uh, fucking a dating story? The dating story. Yeah, and, man. Uh, Kenzie, uh, Mackenzie, what was it? Steph McKenzie. Yes, yeah. Steph McKenzie called me up. He said, hey, I want the L.I. in my thing. And I got the kisser before you did. Yes. I remember that. Yes, you did. <laughs> well, oh, that whole fucking thing. Reality TV, my ass. They tried to script the whole thing. And the only fun part about that whole damn thing was the jump. Yeah, yeah, that the, was good. The rest, of it was, the rest of it was crap. Well, oh, Vegas had a lot of crazy shit going on, though. I mean, uh, you, you mentioned we, we both kind of came up in our sport uh, just about the time uh, Vic Papadato passed away at the drop zone. And there were yeah. there were kind of a rash of fatalities in Vegas for a little while. You had the, the one guy that uh, um, they got caught up in a dust devil uh, and didn't make it. Um, right, that, that was in '96. Yep, yeah, and that's the year I started because he he uh, right. went in on my favorite rental rig. Yep. Um, and then uh, um, Vic. Shortly after, we had that or the guy that uh, was traveling and uh, uh, stowed his handle for travel, his boc, and spent the rest of his life looking for his main. Yep, and the other guy that uh, was it the other guy that never reset his Cypress after or never reset his altimeter after jumping in Colorado. Yeah, man. some sit flyer, some stupid shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. There was a, there was a few, but. You know, back then, it wasn't as, I don't know, I don't even know how to say it. Blue Skies, time. they didn't have all the safety things, you mean? Well, yeah, um, man. I mean, when I when I uh, uh, rented that rig in North Las Vegas, it was uh, it was actually a flying Elvi wig, rig from the fucking movie, and their AAD was one of those bricks that sat on the fucking leg strap. Uh, that yep. literally was as big as a brick and had all kinds of dials, and these fucking guys had no idea how it worked. None whatsoever. Yeah. Oh, it was insane. It was funny because I remember I did uh, two jumps out there with uh, my buddy Jerry Fox, who you might remember Jerry Fox. Um, mm -hmm. He was a fun jumper out there for a while. And when I went back to Skydive Las Vegas, Bruce Henderson, my tandem and AFF instructor, gave me so much shit for going over there. <laughs> He's like, what the fuck are you doing? Don't go there. You jump here. You jump in Paris Valley. This is dangerous over there. Yeah. Fucking Bruce, man. Oh, dude, he was such a character. He was a flying Elvi as well, yeah? Oh, yeah. So you got oh, to yeah. do a lot of jumping with him. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we, we did a lot of jumps together. I, uh, Bruce, I remember Bruce his story about uh, um, uh, getting in trouble for going to do an Elvi jump. It's one of my favorite stories ever. Uh, when Which he, time? Oh, <laughs> right. When he, uh, when he uh, I think he told his boss his grandma died or something. Oh, and he was, uh, which time? <laughs> but that one, that one was when jumping into Elvis's old high school and Pat Hemingway had a live feed and he was doing the, uh, air to ground or he had a live feed with good morning America. Yeah. He's filming the whole thing. And I basically, 
Robert was, he was working with Robert at the time and Robert was watching it on TV at, at the office with, with the, Bruce's boss. And uh, they saw Bruce jumping out of the airplane dressed like Elvis on Good Morning America. <laughs> so I got in trouble for that. That was, that was funny. What a fucking and, uh, great way to bust yourself out. Then he got in trouble with his wife uh, at the time, Jamie at the time, because uh, he said to his wife, I can't remember. He said what he said. He had a, he had an Elvi gig somewhere and, uh, where did he wind up? He wound up back in uh, Green Bay and uh, see a, uh, an adoring fan, I believe. And uh, <laughs> that was that it. <laughs> that turned into that turned into another story. I always and used then, uh, <laughs> I always <laughs> used to describe Bruce as uh, um, uh, fuck. What was the bartender from Cheers? Oh God, uh, I know what you're talking. He's dead too. Ted Danson. Ted Danson's dead now. I think he's dead. Didn't he die? Didn't he die uh, playing hockey or something? I don't know. He, he, I don't know. He might be dead. I, I don't know. Google. <laughs> I, uh, oh, uh, I just can't fucking think of the name of the character. But I always describe Bruce as that. He's like the ladies' man that just never quite figured out how to grow up. <laughs> no, no, I haven't. He, last I heard, last I saw, he was in Seattle, still doing custom jewelry. Um, up there, I, I know he has a kid because the last time my wife and I went up to see Seattle, to Seattle uh, or not the last time, but a few years ago, we went to a Mariners game and he brought his little son who looked just like him. Um, so yeah, he's I, apparently he's still up there. Wow. So you're still um, doing tandems, yeah? Yeah. And, uh, and still doing the demo stuff. Yeah. What? Sunday I have to uh, do a uh, Easter Sunday. I have to jump at the Easter bunny into a uh, undisclosed golf course for an Easter hunt. That's awesome. Um, what else? Last year we did a movie, uh, the journey, uh, American musical journey for IMAX. Uh, Joe Jennings had to fly the IMAX camera. Same one that was on Everest. Wow. Uh, for our part in the movie, we, they flew us all to Vegas or not Vegas for Memphis. And, uh, we did a bunch of jumps at Mike Mullins drop zone. And then we had to do a couple demos, uh, right along the river by the pyramid downtown Memphis. Uh, I haven't seen the movie yet, but I've seen a couple clips of it. It's pretty cool. That's very cool. It's fun. Yeah, well, it's it's kind of funny because uh, you've you've been able to manage to do some pretty cool borderline obscure things just because you decided to start jumping in Vegas. Vegas yeah. t- took people a lot of different directions. Oh yeah, uh, what we got? What did we do the other? What was the fun one? The, well, we got a call one night. Uh, Dick Feeney calls us up. There's three of us. And, uh, he says, Hey, we got to do this thing for ESPN. You got to meet at the hard rock. We got to get dressed. And then they're going to take a limo down to, um, the plaza to do a live interview with Scott Van Pelt. I'm like, okay. So Moffitt Hemingway and Sylvia and I go up to the hard rock. We get dressed and we're waiting around. So we get, well, what do you do when you're bored? We're not going to jump. We're going to drink. Sure. So we go to the bar at the Hard Rock in our Elvis costumes. We start pounding the beers. And about an hour later, two hours later, they come back and say, okay, you got to line up. We're going to, the limo's coming. Okay. We get out, we put the film crew. No limo. Just get in the damn cab. Okay. <laughs> it's the cash cab. <laughs> no. So now we're in the cash cab and we're a little tipsy. Awesome. That was a really good episode. But the backstory behind that was, so it is like they say, on, and by the way, he's a good golfer. We were talking a lot about golf that night. But um, we, do the, we do the show. We call, we do our phone call in on the way to the Sahara, which is not there anymore. Uh, they demolished that. And uh, our call in was Dick Feeney. Huh. And he helped us win a couple, a couple bucks. I, I, anyway, we get out there and we're we're coming close to the end. And they say, "Well, would you like to double down?" And we're like, "We're like, no. We just want to drink beer. Or have a couple. We got beer money. We got like seven hundred bucks. Or I oh, know. I think it was. I think we got three hundred fifty. Fourteen hundred bucks. Nice. We're like, no, we're good. We don't. We don't need to double down. We're good. We didn't expect this. So they give us fake money, which I called them on the carpet. <laughs> a week later, we have our check. We go back. We get our $20 to go back to the hard rock, and we tell Dick. Dick says, how'd you do? He says, ah, oh, we blew it. We went double or nothing, and we blew it all. <laughs> oh. So 
about two months later, we're doing a show. I think we were in Tahoe and uh, a golf tournament or something. And he sees it on the TV. He goes, you bastards. He says, you lied to me. Bah, 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 bah. He starts getting pissed off. And I want my cut. So he literally took his cut out of instead of splitting it four ways, he split it five ways. And we got deducted from our pay for a jump pay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, I mean, I got to admit, uh, good form for him. If you're going to try and fuck yeah. the guy that's signing your checks. <laughs> and, and, and now 20, 20 plus years later, my kid's taking his daughter to the freaking prom next week. Oh, my Holy. Lord. Wow. And he trusts. <laughs> what the fuck's wrong with him? He trusts him. Wow, <laughs> man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, so what do you think it is about the flying Elvi that keeps them going for so long? Because if you ask a lot of jumpers, you say, oh, yeah, no, my, my buddy Jim and, and a couple others jump for the flying Elvi, and the young ones are all, who? Yeah, exactly. And, and that's just it. Well, I have no idea. You know, the thing that, the, the thing that kept us in business was Indian casinos. You know, in the late 90s, we were, we were doing – 20 plus jumps, 15 to 20 jumps a year, which is great. That's, that's fine. Sure. Every one of us has professional jobs. Right. Uh, and, and now as the years progressed, um, it's just gotten slower and slower and slower. And we really thought that, um, we were going to have a lot more after this movie. Uh, but you know what? Nowadays, you got some really quality demo teams that are really doing some good stuff. Sure. And you know, you got you know, the leapfrogs are, are phenomenal. Frog X with Nick's white, Nick White's team. Nick's team is really good. Um, of course you got the Knights. And my thing is other than really fast tracks is another good team. Yep. You got, you got the military teams are funding those teams. Yeah. You got a private demo team. Ron Ron Lee's been doing it for years down in San Diego, and you can't physically afford. I don't know who does the big casinos and the big corporate things can afford a team of ten. Sure, there are no ten man demo teams anymore, and even still, the last five years, very few times have we gone a ten man team. Sure, uh, you need to scale it down to four because economically, people just don't want to spend the money. Yeah, uh, to do that. and especially with. You know, the aircraft, you know, you have to have an otter or you have to have a caravan. You can't get a Cessna for, you know, uh, and there's times when we've rented multiple Cessnas and flown formation demos. Wow. Uh, I think you flew one, didn't you? When we were, we jumped into the speedway. Uh, you I, t- I, no, I don't you think it, it was it me. It could have been. <clears throat> might have. I don't know. But it's just four man team with some advertising. Yeah, that'd be great. Dick Feeney's a promoter. Uh, he has multiple shows going all across the country. Uh, he does the Rat Pack in Vegas. He's a phenomenal promoter, uh, but that's his main gig. Sure. If they don't get a call for us, we don't get a call. Right. They have to call. They don't actively market us. Um, at least they haven't for a while. But uh, it's fun. I mean, we, we never, ever thought it would go on this far, this long. Well, it's been but going it, forever. I mean, I remember when you became a flying Elvi, and it was super cool. Um, oh, yeah. But to look back this far and go, holy shit, this is still going. That's pretty fucking, yeah. it's epic, really. Yeah. Well, If this goes another two years, we could have second generation Elvises. Right. <laughs> My kid gets his pro rating in the next two, three years. Who knows? How, oh, how crazy is that? Oh, oh man. Oh man. Well, and I mean, to be able to balance it out by, you know, having the normal job and doing the tandems and all that, how, how, well, tell me, how is it to, to balance out doing something like being a, a teacher, which is generally considered a pretty grounded job? You know, if you're a teacher, you're both feet on the ground and you're, you're, you know, taking care of other people's kids. Well, I know teachers are fucking nuts. Oh yeah, but yeah, you still have to you have to maintain the you know the the life to take care of these kids and all that stuff. So how do you balance going and jumping out of airplanes and drinking shitloads of beer and also being a very successful teacher? That that's a that's a wonderful question, and, and you uh, I think you've been at a few of my parties where you know yes, sometimes the teacher crowds teacher crowds were a little crazier than the damn uh, skydiver crowds. Yeah, uh, but. I tell you what it has taught me is 
the teachers versus the skydivers. The skydivers are your family mm. and the teachers are just people you work with. Sure. Because there's no way they spend the amount of, yeah, you may spend more time with them, but not the quality time, not the, not the closeness, not the, you know, what, what you develop over 20 some years with the people that, you know, skydiving, they're your family. Oh yeah. You know, teachers can't relate to shit. And some of the stories and some of the, some of the experience we get, the, the flying peckerheads. There's, there's another there. Right. Well, I mean, actually, there's a, there's another story. You love the flying peckerhead. My first peckerhead meet. Uh, when I watched, <laughs> when I watched Smitty get, it was his retirement party. He was a, I can't use in the military down in Apple Valley. And I watched the skydivers duct tape him to a creeper trail him around the hangar, pouring Corona over him and shoving a Corona bottle up his ass. I said, that's the crowd for me. <laughs> right? How? And it's impossible to try and explain that to someone that's not in no. it because that no. to me and to most of the people that are listening to the podcast makes complete sense. Of course you would oh, do yeah. that. Absolutely. You would duct tape a grown man to a creeper and shove a bottle up his ass. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Uh Cross keys, jumping over uh, bonfires. What the fuck does that do? Oh, <laughs> yeah, man. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you. Well, yeah. and I've had crazy stories from all the different drop zones, and God knows I've, I've had plenty of them starting out in Vegas. Well, Vegas was a weird time for me anyway. but uh, it Strong was... 30s. Strong 30s. Yeah. You're up in a freaking otter with you know friends you love, and you get a wind call. And, and you people laugh now, but no, it's true. We, you were sitting right across from me, and – What's the wind call? Strong 30s. Yeah. And we look at each other. And what did we used to say? Oh, dude. I don't know how many times I looked at you guys and we knew what the winds were really doing. And you'd lit I have a really good skydive. Yep. And we'd just almost cry. And then we'd go out and we'd back it up for a half a mile or a mile and we'd land and get caught. Oh, yeah, it was man. Just you got good at fucking crazy shit, but you're right. You go through those experiences with the same people day in and day out, and you build a bond yeah. that you could never build with just yeah. an average coworker. There's no way. I mean, fuck, it, I don't even know how many years it's been since you and I have actually spoken. We've kept in touch via Facebook and all that shit, but we sure. haven't spoken in years. But I could sit yeah. down, crack a beer with you, and we could talk for a fucking week straight like we'd seen each other yesterday. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Without even blinking. I mean, fuck, dude. I I ruined one of your marriages. <laughs> no, she was a psycho. It wasn't you. But it was funny when, when they were going to start throwing holy water on you when you were taking pictures oh during the freaking mass. That God. was awesome. Well, to, the backstory to it is um, I had decided I was going to be a photographer as well as just a cameraman because I had all this expensive camera equipment that I was using for skydiving, but I didn't know how to use it on the ground. So I started taking <laughs> pictures around Vegas, and I started getting decent at it. And you and your then fiance asked me if I would shoot the wedding. So I said, fuck, yeah, of course I'll shoot the wedding when it's a Roman Catholic wedding. And I know jack shit about anything <laughs> with the Roman Catholic Church, but I go in and I get introduced to the priest who tells me where I can and can't stand. But the fucking guy doesn't bother to tell me that there's times during the ceremony I can't take pictures. So I'm moving back and forth and I'm avoiding the areas he said I couldn't go in and I'm clicking pictures and clicking pictures and I guess I took pictures at the wrong time because the fucking priest stopped the wedding, turned to me, and I'll never forget this, pointed at me and told me in front of the congregation during your wedding that I was interfering with his congregation's ability to receive the word of God. <laughs> Fuck yeah. me. And then, but it, what it was, was even... Because that, that priest never got in the picture when we did the group moon at the end. I don't know why. Oh my God, dude. He ripped into me and then he turned to the chick that was wearing the miniskirt in the front uh, yeah. row and he's like, yeah. and you're dressed Tara. completely inappropriately for these... <laughs> And he tells me before the service, he says, you got to calm these people down. It's, it's way too loud in here. They're supposed to be praying. I say, hey, Father, they haven't seen each other in 20 years. Come on. <laughs> it's a, a bunch of fucking skydivers uh, in hey, a Roman hey, Catholic hey, it church. Lasted four years. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, we all... I knew it was doomed as soon as the priest was telling me I was ruining his congregation's ability to accept the word of God. Oh, my fucking Lord. In Las Vegas, of all places. That was a great party. That was a great party. Whoa, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Well, and I think um, 
it was even if somebody was giving me shit too, um, because I was still working at the club at the same time, and they're like, "Jesus Christ, man, are you kidding? You're not only a skydiver and foul mouth, and you fuck up the wedding and everything, but you, uh, the stripper did all this shit, <laughs> right?" Yeah, yeah. The bachelor, the bachelor party that uh, that week before was quite quite fun. I think was it Mike Burgess that had that those those beautiful women that you brought to my party. Uh, Decided to make an ice cream sundae on top of me, I believe, and uh, I'm laying on this hassock, and then some idiot tries to pull my uh, boxers off, and I believe I put a size 13 right through his chest, almost went through the wall. <laughs> that's not your job. That's the girl's job. Yeah, <laughs> I seem to recall some of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. A little bit great. of it. Oh, man. Well, hey, working in that club did have benefits. You remember when I had uh, um, the stripper come out for Simon Wade's uh, birthday? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She was a friend of mine, and we actually got her to go on a tandem with Simon, and she lands from the tandem and then starts the strip show. <laughs> Only in Las yeah, Vegas. Whenever uh, at the time my wife wanted to, she wanted to go panty shop, and I said, oh, wait, let me just go to Dean's Locker. I could get a few. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're, there's actually not that many people that I'm still in contact with that remember when I was still doing that shit, there's only a handful of people that I'm still talking to actively. They're all dead. Yeah, <laughs> a fair amount of them are, man. We are a dying breed. I don't. Yeah. I went from Vegas with a lot of people dying and went to Cross Keys with even more people dying. It's fucking ridiculous, man. Yeah. People got to stop yeah. that shit. That's right. Oh yeah, That's yeah. Right. Well, we're still we're still going. A couple of old fuckers going strong. Damn right. That's not too Damn bad. Right. So no, nope. so you you figured out how to balance being a respectable school teacher, which is a bunch of bullshit anyway, because y'all are fucking maniacs. Um, but five years left. But, five years left. Nice, five <laughs> years. But you've learned how to fake it all this time, um, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, molding young minds. Uh, you're doing the tandems and all that stuff, and uh, doing the demo team stuff, and you've managed to do this for a long fucking time. So clearly, you've learned a few lessons along the way. And for and any marriages, what's that? And I'm on my third marriage. And you're so the, the yeah. Two were much uh, victim. What, what 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 is that syndrome? Uh, alcohol induced uh, divorce syndrome. A AIDS. Al <laughs> alcohol induced or aviation or alcohol induced divorce. Aviation induced divorce. Yeah, 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 yeah. But happily, happily married now for for the last ten years to Jen now and uh, and uh, finally after fourteen years of convincing her, we finally got to take her on a skydive. Which I have to thank Rich Grimm for because uh, we did it down at the party on the playa. Awesome. And uh, I had one of my favorite men in the whole world, Bruno Boykin. He uh, he got to film it. Rich went on the skydive. And uh, Tom Sanders had his awesome strut cam on there and came out a, a wonderful picture. So that was pretty cool. Oh, that's But she'll never again. That's <laughs> seriously cool. No, that's badass. But, I mean, come on. You and I both know damn well. People don't have to jump twice. They just got to jump once. That's right. That's it. Just to, just to understand, just to be able to say, yep, I've done it. I loved it or I hated it, but I did it. And I'm sure you're the same way, man. I've taken literally thousands and thousands of people on tandems. And I've taken a lot of people that will never, ever want to do it twice, but I've never taken somebody that regretted doing it once. Yeah. Not even yeah. the chick whose leg I broke. <laughs> yeah. And and here's the funny part. Our, our dear friend, Robert Browning, um, I took – his granddaughter on a tandem a couple weeks ago. Oh, wow. And I realized, wait a minute, I took your granddaughter, I took your son, I took your daughter, wait a minute, I took your sister. If I took his father, which I don't remember, I told Jason to ask, I took four generations of his family on tandem. How fucking cool is that? That's, that's pretty wild. How cool is that? Yeah, mine, mine has done a couple of tandems now. Uh, which was cool. Um, I flew the plane on one of them because I, I wanted nothing to do with that jump. I I uh, um, made sure that she was saddled up with the tall, hot Italian guy because if you're going to give her the experience, she needs the whole experience. <laughs> of course, I went to him first and I said, if I even hear a hint that you had even so much as a fucking semi. Because, <laughs> uh, and again, I hate to say it, it's another rest in peace, Will Forche who you knew very, very well, one of our first instructors, he took yep. um, my, at the time, my girlfriend on her first jump when I went with Bruce Henderson on my first jump. 
And on the way back from that first jump, my girlfriend's like, I think my instructor had a boner in my shoved into my back and I'm like really no but I was too high from that jump to even think about it and then cut, cut to like four years later I'm shooting videos out there and I had done the bridge day with Will uh, to go yeah. shoot it because he did the lemmings videos and it, it popped into my mind and I'm like Will did you happen to have a boner jammed in my girlfriend's back way back in the day when I when I came out and made my first jump and he's like dude I stick a boner in everybody's back <laughs> Will Forche. Will Forche. He took me on my tandem, and I'm still very dear friends with his uh, his late wife, yeah. Kathy. Kathy's still around in Vegas. Awesome. Uh, she's she's doing well, and we we always bring up his memory. Oh always. yeah. Oh, he was great, man. Will took, Robert, Will took Robert on his first tandem too. See that? How cool is that? Yeah, I, you know, I went and I did the, uh, the, the I shot the, the landings version of Lemmings for him, and this would have been back yeah. in 96 or 97, and that was part yeah. of what convinced me never to fucking base jump, because I'm watching people slamming into rocks and, and climbing and crashing through trees and all that, I went, oh yeah, I think I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was really funny because yeah. I, I went to uh, Alberto, the guy that took my daughter on her first tandem, and I'm like, so look, I want her to have the great experience and all this, but this is my daughter, and I fly the plane you jump out of every day, so be fucking yep. careful. <laughs> and yeah. he, he did awesome. Uh, and then the second one, I still wouldn't take her on the tandem. I, I let my tandem rating lapse a long time ago, uh, but I went and jumped with her, so it was super cool to you know fly up and grab a hold of her hand, and I'm looking at her grinning and smiling and some it's some crazy shit as soon as you start tossing the generations together it's amazing oh hell yeah one of the best nights i ever had skydiving i wasn't jumping i was uh doing tandems for mark hogue down in coolidge and uh i'm sitting at the campfire and uh bob sinclair's there and man the stories that that legend can tell I mean, you think our stories are fun. I mean, he's talking about the first baton pass and stuff like that. Right. And that, that's one of the things that I've noticed in the last 10, 15 years. These people coming up have no idea of, of the true pioneers in this sport, no. the legends that. I mean, they, the, 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 shit, the stupid shit that we did was nothing compared to what they did. Oh, no. And these guys with the wind tunnel training and everything, they just come out thinking they can fly, and, and, and they can. But you still got to land that fucking parachute and appreciate what it's like to fly with four or five or six or a hundred other guys at the same time. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, uh, for as jealous as I sometimes find myself about the skills that the young ones coming up have that we didn't get the benefit of, you know, I mean, we had to learn 60 seconds at a time. I yeah. wouldn't trade it for the world. I would rather be the shitty free flyer I am than a rock star without that history. I, yeah. I wouldn't give up a and single we have way better stories. Oh, God, yes. Oh, absolutely. Watching guys like Kevin Love trying to shimmy down a rope tied to the back of a Cessna because it seemed like a good idea. Why the fuck not? <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> and because some, some idiot with a plane was willing to let us do that shit. The naked jumps that we did out in Boulder City for that BBC television show. That was funny Side as fuck. In America. Yeah, yeah. man. <laughs> We got to do so some, oh yeah, we do this every weekend, mate. Yeah, we got to do some goofy ass shit, and then uh, um, I, I'm not going to mention his name just in case he listens to this. But you and I worked with it together, and I'll never forget. This is how I knew I was in the right crowd, but I was also very mellow in this crowd. Um, I was running late for a load because the tandem instructor who I was supposed to be shooting video, I couldn't find him. So Michael Hawks has got me running around looking for him. And, and I go into the back where uh, this particular instructor's room was looking for him. And I, I open the door and I turn to the right and there's nobody there. And I open the door and I turn to the left and there is a buck naked pregnant woman standing on her tiptoes. She's standing on her tiptoes because she's, she in a harness? she's handcuffed and tied okay. to the ceiling with a ball gag in her mouth. Oh yeah, and I was shocked yeah. out of my fucking mind, and I went, "Uh, is is so and so here?" And she just kind of shook her head, and I'm like, "Are you okay?" And she nodded yes, and I'm like, "Okay," and I closed the door, and as I come, get on the load. right, so I come back around, and they're getting ready to start the Cessna, so I go, and he's there, and I climb in, and I'm like, "Um, so I, I, I went into your room to try and find you, and he's all, oh, did you say hi for me?" And I'm like, yeah, so are you just going to leave her there? And she's like, oh, yeah, she likes it. 
I'm like, oh no. Yeah, yeah. Legendary stories, brother. Oh man. Well, him and and uh, uh, I'll never forget. And this is a twisted story. Funny, but twisted. This was the uh, the first fatality that I had been uh, on the drop zone for, and it was at Skydive Las Vegas, and it was the sit flyer guy. Um, which was a huge mess. Everybody on the drop zone is devastated, although nobody knew him. He was a visiting skydiver. Um, but it was a weekend. And so there's tears all over the place. Everybody's in shock and, and, uh, um, the operation had stopped and, and we're all just very, very droll and everybody's super fucking quiet. And we walk back in the hangar and there's a couple of guys sitting at the picnic bench. One of them, which is a close friend of ours named Dale Hinton, who is, shoving spaghetti that I had brought out to the drop zone in his face and yucking up a storm and laughing with this other guy sitting there. And one of the girls on the drop zone is like, oh, my God, how can you guys eat and joke around with what just happened? And I'll never forget it without blinking. Dale turns to her and goes, well, he's still fucking dead, isn't he? <laughs> had had uh, coffee with him the other day. Oh, he, is he in Vegas? Yeah, oh, he's still in Vegas. You got to give that man a big fucking wet kiss for me. Uh, I I will, I will. I could easily do that. He'd love that. You absolutely <laughs> have to do that. You have to give him a big wet kiss for me. He's uh, on his. I think he's got two hip replacements and uh, one. I wonder if not. Uh, his shoulder was re- just recently replaced. Oh Jesus! Yeah. Yeah, but he's doing all right. He's still in a sling, but he's doing good. The bionic man. Good. Oh, he's always going to be yeah. doing good. Well, so so um, at this stage in the game, looking back on all this fun stuff, what advice do you give to somebody that's thinking about jumping or they're jumping but they don't know what direction they want to go or they're, they've been jumping for a while and they're getting bored and they're thinking of quitting? What do you tell them for somebody that's been in it so long and clearly still having so much fun? Wow. I could go on and on. Uh, try not to date your rigger's wife. Yeah. Not to drink too much. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> no. Uh, always bring a case of beer to every new drop zone. Not a Dean case. Wanna, not a Dean case. Not a twelve pack. <laughs> you, you, you are infamously known for the twelve pack, dude. Uh, nobody uh, fucking believes me, and I can get you on record. I didn't drink alcohol. It didn't matter. But nobody. It, no, no, no. That, that's not the. Point. No, but that's not the point. But, it's not for you, Dean. Yeah. Mr. Zinfandel. It's not the point, Mr. Zinfandel. No, wait, wait, wait. No. It's for the rest of the people on your DZ. The hell with you. There's actually. We don't give a shit. My kid on his t- first tandem in Mesquite, I had him carry two Dean cases all the way down, all the way down the freaking thing of the runway. The kid's only 18, but he knew. I didn't know. Yes, uh, it was a. It was in a case. I didn't know that 24 cans came in a case. It was a case. I picked up a case. But you can you can actually validate two things that people don't believe about me. One that I never drank alcohol any time that I lived in Las Vegas until you guys got me sick at my going away party. Okay, that, I was just gonna say, excuse me. <laughs> just the one time where I was thrown up in the PF Chang's parking lot and had to be at the drop zone at six o'clock the next morning. And that was when you turned White Zinfandel into Scotch, I believe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Glenfiddich, because of you fuckers. That was another Dale Hinton story. Yeah. That was. Well, I was talking to him about that the other day, and uh, when when Robert got pounded that night. Yep. <laughs> that was, yep. Well, and it was that right. and uh, um, the the princess nickname. The princess. Oh yeah, you're princess. Yeah, and I we, tried. We got you the shirt. Yes, the pink shirt. And you still have it. Of course, I still have it. Of course, you still. Have I it. do. So no one with pink panties. But they that was awesome. But nobody believed that I got nicknamed Princess because the only alcohol I could think to order was White Zinfandel and I used to be a stripper. And Michael Hawks called me a And f- you didn't like to jump in high winds. Yeah, well who does? No, but you would not. No, you were the first one to say, I can't jump in there, not with my gear. No, I'm not gonna do that. Well yeah, so they just made me fucking downsize. (laughs) (laughs) Motherfuckers. Next thing you know, you're you're backing up in 35 plus. Yeah. Now drive fast, take chances, date your rigger's wife. Uh, that kind of stuff keeps you in line. Nice. I mean, yeah, you're you're you've got to police yourself. That that's what everybody says. And, and here's what's happening now. Well, I don't know, because see, I've only ever really done tandems in in Vegas. Probably every damn drop zone in Vegas. Mm. But people get pushed. And in our in our profession, you know, you think you can go, you think you can go, and 
yeah, it, it's okay. We can back up. No, don't do it, man. Just, you know, know your limitations. Yeah. Know your limitations and make the right decisions, you know. Make the right decisions at the right time. As Bruno, I, 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 this is a funny story. We were in Costa Rica, and we were a, a little bit inebriated. And there was this gentleman that was all over Bruno Boykin in terms of how, how did you fly around those canopies? And I don't know how you how you did it. it but you got such amazing pictures and you're going up and down and all around. And, and Bruno tips back his beard and he goes, you just have to pull the strings. You just have to pull the strings. <laughs> I laugh for now. That's you it. Just pull the strings. Let's pull the strings. Oh, yeah. man. Oh. I don't know, brother. Well, I'll tell you what, man. As always, it's fucking awesome every time we get to catch up. We got about a billion stories we could go through, and I'm sure if we keep talking, we would go through all of them because every time I say one thing, it sparks another memory. But uh, oh, yeah. it's been fucking amazing catching up, man. Always, always, Dino. I'm going to tell everybody, to how do they find the Flying Elvi online? Uh, uh, FlyingElvi.com. Boom. Uh, or like our Facebook page. Um, but yeah, flyingelvi.com. I think we still have a website. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Flyingelvi.com and Mr. Jim Dolan, one of the longtime flying elvis and one of my great friends. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and talk with me. Love you, brother. Love you too, man. You're a badass. All right. Not as bad as you. <laughs> See ya. All right, this has been another edition of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void with me, the fucking pilot, brought to you proudly in association with Blue Skies Magazine. Head on over to blueskiesmag.com where you can subscribe to the magazine. You can get yourself some really cool swag like leggings and t-shirts and previously published uh, issues, and you can also submit your own really cool stories. If I can write for the magazine, so can you, so drop a line to Laura and Cola and let them know what you've been up to. As for me, uh, you can catch my stuff at thefuckingpilot.net. There you're going to have links not only to all my guests, but you're going to be able to get your hands on both the books that I've published. Uh, the Blue Skies Magazine Fucking Pilot book was the first one out, and the second one out now is The Accidental Stripper. Uh, you can catch both of those in digital and print format via Amazon, but links straight to them are on my website. You can also catch me on Facebook at the Effin Pilot, E-F-F-I-N Pilot, and Instagram at the princess pilot uh, both of those will get you links not only to my stuff but to my guest as well as always it's been a blast having you and we will see you next time around on lunatic fringe into the void